From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Today, we're going to talk about re-entry, and it almost sounds like a space term, right? We're <laughs> re-entering the atmosphere, but what we're really doing and what we're really talking about is just re-entering regular, normal life, the life we knew before the pandemic. And it's funny, doctor, because, you know, for a whole year, people were yearning for an end to the pandemic. And now that it's here, there's an end in sight. Some people are a little afraid. What's that all about? It's um, going from isolation and everything the pandemic made us do to now we got to get out, you know, and it's really a big change, you know, for people. Like it's like an emotional whiplash. Oh, I really like that term. And you know, when I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm. so we've talked about cave syndrome, which is not to be confused with what we're talking about now, because cave syndrome is you've been in the house for a whole year. You've either gotten to really like that idea and it's hard to come out, or you have fear of leaving your house, the cave, and it's become dysfunctional. We're not talking about that here. We're talking about just a little anxiety about getting back to your, your old life. Now, why could that be? For everybody, it's something different. Maybe some people are out of practice when it comes to socializing, right? Maybe some of us have become a little germaphobic. And there are others, well, let's face it, we all, we all have gotten a little chunkier. It's hard to get back to socializing when you've gained 10 pounds, right? Well, look, um, you know, so uh, one of the things here is like, we got to rethink, am I safe? Okay. And a lot, there's a lot of feelings, complex feelings about what re-entry brings to us. You know, a lot of people, even people who never really were, they were more extroverts and, and they could go out and go to things and go to parties, get invites to do this business and so forth. And now they're a little concerned and there's a lot of these people and it's really kind of normal. You know, if you want to think about it, you know, humans have been around for millions of years and now, you know, maybe they, 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 there was a pathogen around and, you know, people really did all the things that we did. We isolated and so forth. And now we had to get out and, you know, test the waters and see how it's going to be. So I think maybe it's kind of a natural reaction. Yeah, maybe. Now, it's funny. I, I you know, <clears throat> there are so many anachronisms mm -hmm. going around. <laughs> so they say that, you know, they say you read these things and it says, you fall into either one of two categories. You're either a FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, or you're a FONO, where you have the fear of normal. And that's what we're talking about. But I got to tell you, doctor, I fall into the first category, the fear of missing out. I cannot wait for life to be normal. I'm, I'm impatient. Like, why isn't life normal already? Well, you're lucky, and um, that's a good way to be. And then there's really another, there's really another subset of people. They feel anxious. They feel ambivalent. 
you know, about doing that. Um, they have some rational thinking, like they know, hey, look, I, I got vaccinated. And the real science is that you can't build up a viral load. So you can't get, get real sick and you can't have enough virus to give it to anybody. And so, you know, the real science is, and the CDC says it too, you don't have to wear your mask if you're vaccinated. So that's rational. Then there's all the irrational. And we got a list of those, okay? And we don't need to get into that right this moment, okay? Yeah, so <laughs> let us let me stop you because I know people out there are going, okay, all right, already. I want to make that graceful re-entry. So how do you do it? Do you have some great Bregman advice about how can I go gracefully into re-entry? So basically, we call these coping strategies. The real thing here is we got to take baby steps, okay? We got to really um, confront the sources of our fears. And, you know, that's what we do a lot in therapy and so forth. We can also try to do that. We got to then take some steps to go out and we got to do it right now. There's things when they become chronic are much harder to fix. We want acute problem, uh, maybe acute problem, which is now. You are so great at just coming up with like three tips that I can remember off the top of my head. If I'm a little bit anxious, what are three things that I should be doing? Okay. Well, you know, Linda, I, I came up with this a three-step approach, my RSA approach, R meaning relaxation, okay? R, it means two things to relax, okay? Meditation, exercise, breathing, whatever you do. Get yourself relaxed. That's R. Then S, which is going to be a surprise to everybody, sleep. Prioritize sleep. Okay? And that is so important because it's like a drug that helps cure stress hormones. Okay? So get yourself a good schedule and sleep. And then A is attitude. Okay? It's everything. So get a positive attitude and get out in nature. And that's my RSA system. Great tips as always. Thank you. And I want to change the subject now because this is obviously uh, a Linda subject, as I like to call it. And that is because we're talking about getting out in nature. It's so beautiful out there as the weather is getting beautiful around the world. Um, we're coming out of winter. We're now into spring. And that brings us to the next topic, which is spring cleaning. Uh, everybody's rolling their eyes. However, not only is it good for your house, but it's healthy for you too. So, doctor, explain why spring cleaning is something we should do this year and actually every year. I just call it like the declutter idea. If any way you could just get rid of the clutter, um, that kind of changes everything. So let's get into that concept, okay? Uh, because, you know, a lot of us in the uh, corona area here, we got into really being kind of clean. But maybe there is some clutter around. So that's one of the things I think about uh, spring cleaning is uh, you know, decluttering. 
Yeah, it helps declutter your mind. Like, for instance, if you work at home, which many of us have been working at home, if you're in your workspace and it's all cluttered, I think it's hard to concentrate. You know, Linda, some of the things, it strengthens your immune system. Now, look, the next one, which is up my alley, is it decreases stress and depression. So it's been found, studies have shown uh, that you're more relaxed in a clutter-free home. It has a positive effect on your mood and, and your ability to, you know, just focus. They're really important. Okay, so why are our houses, especially as Americans, so cluttered? Well, we love to collect things, right? We, we're big mm. shoppers, and then we're very sentimental. We're also, people can be very lazy about cleaning out their things. But I think that in the next few weeks, we should talk about the art of cleaning. And what I mean by that, I don't mean just cleaning your windows. I'm talking about cleaning out your life, cleaning out your closet full of stuff. But some of us, like myself, have a problem with that because you're sentimental and you're, you feel like you're throwing away your memories. But again, you know, I'd like to introduce that subject for for a later time because it's complex about why some people just become more than collectors they become almost hoarders or hoarders and why that is yeah i i think that's a subject unto itself linda and so why don't we save uh you know the subject of hoarding for another session right we'll just talk about spring cleaning and why it's time just to get that broom going, get those boxes oh. out, start putting some things away for Goodwill or Salvation Army. You'll feel better at it at the end. You know, I mean, right now I've got five boxes in my bathroom. So it's reminding me to go in that closet and start paring through my things and start getting rid of. Well, that's really good advice for everybody out there. I'm going to get some boxes and do the same thing. Uh, if you have the boxes, maybe you'll fill them up. Well, that's the whole idea. <laughs> okay. I, I vote for everybody uh, g filling up boxes. Uh, certainly, you know, L Linda, you know, one of the things too, it prevents illnesses. It, it, if you keep the place clean, right? Uh, you know, the, the, it, it just makes you feel better, you know, and it prevents all kinds of illnesses. And, you know, for older people, you know, you don't trip on stuff. You know how many people, one in four adults over 65 fall each year from stuff they've left around. So um, I think that's a good thing too. I've got to leave now because obviously I've got a lot of boxes to fill. Okay, me too. I'm going to get to work on the boxes. Take care now. Bye-bye yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. From Bregman, MD... You've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.